0: Hey, Care. Yeah. What would you do if you were a billionaire? What would you do with all that money? Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. I, boy, I'd have to think a lot. I'd probably take the afternoon off.
0: It seems like that would be a good idea. Oh I'd yeah. Love that. Gosh. <laughs> Jeez. You know. Um, the, I,
1: well, you know, you of, of course I think everybody, myself included, uh, would take care of any financial obligations they have outstanding. Yes. Okay. You pay everybody. Um, whatever it is, uh from there, I think I would uh, help my kids,
0: oh, you know? thank you, Wow, and yes,
1: in Alaska, you would be helped mm-hmm. and from there, I'm not sure I mean, you know you can only eat so much food, you can only go so many places, and if you got a billion dollars, you know, especially at my age i I don't believe I could spend it fast enough <laughs> why mm-hmm. do, why do you ask?
0: Well, I, I mean, you wouldn't do like, uh, who, who did, who built his own, was it Elon Musk who did his own rocket ships? No, oh, jeez. Right? Well. Upped and took people on the trips. It didn't, you know. Didn't William Shatner take a trip with Elon Musk up to space? And then he got like all like, he came back and he was all disturbed and stuff because he was <laughs> like, oh no, this big, beautiful earth and we're totally
1: ruining oh, it, it. Like it he has a... like
0: an existential crisis or ah, something.
1: An experience. hmm Um. You know, and it's funny because back in the day there were philanthropists that took their money and they they built great things. They didn't buy a bulletin board that spreads lies. Okay, Mm -hmm. there was a far more honorable thing. Yes, um, Carnegie, he built libraries.
0: Ah, speaking of,
1: and Albert, you know Mm -hmm. a lot about the libraries. I know that Carnegie built. I think it. Well, I don't know. I think it's like sixteen hundred libraries mm-hmm. throughout the country. Yeah. And he built churches. He was very philanthropic.
0: He was indeed. So I think that's a great thing to talk about. And it was guess a what? lot of dough. That oh, <laughs> that he spent, uh, I can you tell know? you exactly how much dough. But first. The bridge, obviously. You're bridged, so you're you're getting bridged with Gary and Kelly. And I'm Kelly Halston Erickson.
1: And I'm Jerry Halston.
0: And this is the podcast that is light on history, heavy on nostalgia, a little bit heavier on history this time. Because I actually have some good stuff to talk about here.
1: Well, you know this stuff.
0: Yeah, starting with our friend Dale Carnegie. Not Dale Carnegie. Not Dale. You know what I was thinking? Isn't he the Win Friends and Influence People author? That book. And,
1: Andrew. Dale is, yes. Dale
0: is the author. Yes. Andrew Carnegie and he, is the Scottish philanthropist. Yep. He died in the talk. early
1: 1900s, if I remember right.
0: Mm-hmm. And he um, he spent $40 million, and that is <clears throat> 1. 2 billion
1: in today's dollars, in
0: today's dollars, yes,
1: he could uh, mm-hmm. have could have bought a Twitter.
0: <laughs> building, yes, building <laughs> okay. Carnegie libraries and, um, really? yeah, yep. And there were, and it's interesting because there's they he built libraries not only in the U.S. but across oh, across the world. Oh, well, was um, from there were, Scotland, yes, if I remember right. Yep, um, but all, really, yep, all over the place. And um, it, by nineteen. Nineteen, there were thirty five hundred libraries in the United States. Half of those were specifically Carnegie libraries, but really? then the other half were were ones that were um, sort of funded in some part. With I think money.
1: that's that's a really noble thing to do. Uh, Might have been selfish in the uh, respect that uh, uh, maybe he didn't want a, a bunch of uneducated boneheads working for him or. Or his heirs in the future, so we might as well smarten them up.
0: Well, true story, and I I think there was a certain. I think he also had a lot of love, had a lot of love for reading and and books. And there was a a gentleman who was pretty instrumental in his youth in getting him to read and educating him. So, um, I think he just had a lot of love for libraries, and he had kind of an interesting system for offering these grants. Um, the you the local officials, the local governments could apply for some of this money, but they had to demonstrate a need. They had to provide a building site, they have to pay the staff and maintain the library. Okay, okay. and. They had to two the other things. They had to draw from public funds to run it so they could not use only private donations. And they had to pr- make sure it was a free service for everybody. Oh, okay. So some okay. stipulations behind that money. It was a commitment
1: money. then by the city, by the benefactors of his generosity then.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly okay, so. In our, okay. And in our fair city... As early as 1860, people were interested in library types of um, organizations. This started the first quote unquote library was um, a book lending organization was a small group that um, just had sort of a reading room. But the actual first library in Duluth was actually in the Masonic Temple building, which was formerly at Second Avenue West and Superior Street. And that was from 1890 to 1902, when the city of Duluth demonstrated that, "Ugly, oh we've got way too many materials, and we need an actual library building." Yeah. Yep. And so they applied for the money to get this new library, and um, it was let's see, the old library was at, well, the Carnegie Library, the new library, old library. We have many libraries we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, the the new old library. (laughs) The (laughs) Carnegie Library (laughs) is still standing, and it is at 101 West 2nd Street, and that opened. Oh, that was the first. Yep, the first one, and the doors opened early 1900s, and it had a capacity of 60. Thousand books. Wow! Mm-hmm. And of course, it's a gorgeous building. There's the dome Have and the mar- marble it? stairs. I've never actually been in. Have oh, you? Yes, I oh was my in gosh. it okay, when it was th- the
1: library. Yes, and it was uh, just a beautiful building. I was young and I didn't appreciate such things. But to the best of my recollection, there was a dome, and it was uh, almost like going to church, except mm. it was full of books, mm-hmm. and uh, you had to be quiet.
0: Yeah, of course. So we
1: we whispered to each other, and there was still a shh from the librarian because, well, it was so quiet you could hear a pin drop from across the room, Mm -hmm. and it smelled of old books. Mm. And, uh, you know, this would have been in the 1960s. I mean, the place had been up for a long time. Oh, yes. And it was wonderful, but there were others in town. Our local one was the uh, Lincoln Park Library and mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a Carnegie or not
0: I don't believe so I think the branches there were four branches and a bookmobile in Duluth in addition to those the okay. main Carnegie Library but I don't believe they were Carnegie libraries
1: yeah I don't I don't recall mm-hmm. seeing the Carnegie thing on those mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it was a beautiful building and that, you know what a great thing of him to do uh, even with stipulations the stipulations, uh, we're not self-serving in any way, other than to maintain the library that I built for you. Right. Uh, you just don't find that anymore.
0: No, I think it makes you good know? sense. Good sense. <laughs> it
1: makes good sense. Yes.
0: Yep. Um, so, an interesting. There's a fun fact about the Carnegie Library. The well, that library had two Tiffany windows. Oh, really? Yes. And when they determined that they were going to build the new library, which I have more information about, um, they actually started studying um, the feasibility of having a new library, probably at the time that you remember being there. It was the mid-60s when they started thinking about, like, oh, this is starting to get a little out of control. But the two no. Tiffany windows couldn't make it. They couldn't be placed in the new library because well, there is a stipulation uh, that the Tiffany windows cannot go into a new building. It must oh, go really? Yeah, it must go into a building that is registered with the historic the historic place register. Oh, sure. And sure. so guess where the Tiffany windows are now? Yeah,
1: you know, I don't have a clue. They're at the depot. Really?
0: Those, yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh wow. Yep. The windows that you, see, the Tiffany windows that you see when you walk into the depot were originally in the Carnegie Library.
1: I wonder how they got away with no longer maintaining the Carnegie Library as originally agreed. If it was a hundred-year uh, contract, or
0: well, I don't know. If it was, know.
1: yeah. What's he going to do now, huh? <laughs> well,
0: I I don't know if it, I I believe it's on the register of historic places. So there, I don't know if there's some. Uh, they got it that. somehow. Yeah, they sure did. Absolutely. But
1: they built uh, the new library, a thing of uh, joy and beauty that has served uh, millions.
0: Oh, well, it sure has. And they needed to because in the mid-60s, like I said earlier, the Carnegie Library had a capacity of 60,000 volumes. But when the new library came into question in the mid-60s, my friends, there was over 20, wait, 200,000 books. And that was just the books. Do you remember going into the Carnegie Library and experiencing anything else besides just books? No. You don't remember microfiche?
1: Well, they're very small. I probably didn't see them. (laughs)
0: But that was a thing, like the the record, the different types of tech, quote unquote, technology, something that we look at now and kind of scoff at a little bit. But things like microfiche, microform, records, those sorts of things all became a part of the library collection because, of course, libraries are into technology and having collections of these things. And that took a lot of space. So, Makes sense. It, yeah, so they were just like, we need to do this. Plus, the old library was not handicap accessible, it was really difficult for el- elderly folks, too. <laughs> Lo- lots <laughs> of stairs, it's kind of
1: difficult for everybody to get <laughs> into in the winter. I'll tell you that
0: exactly. So, there was no off street parking at all. True, on true. street parking, sketchy, public transport also not good so after this big report this dude came and did this whole report about it and they're like he's like you don't need a new library you're gonna need to go ahead and no do two
1: ways about it huh
0: true story so
1: so where are you gonna put this new library that's I the next know, question huh?
0: a huge question indeed and the original spot was a little bit further east than it is now. Really? But, yep. They ended up um and you know, I don't know. The I middle of Misabi exactly Avenue. Was. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're like, let's move this over a little bit into its original spot. And the um the architect designer was Gunnar Bickerts. Oh, okay. Gunner. And he yeah, Gunner. Girl who that is. And he <laughs> he's d- d- an architect. And he designed this building and uh his he quoted he said, he quoted as saying that the the library suggests movement." You've spent some time in the library. Did it ever well, seem it unstable to, to they, you? Well,
1: they had to move uh, books from one library to another. I know there's that movement, and they had to move the uh, Sioux Line Depot that was there. And That was in that too when it mm-hmm. was operational. Uh, had to move that into and turn it into a pile of bricks. So,
0: sure thing. Uh,
1: other than that, uh, I uh, perhaps I. I'm looking at it wrong, but I fail to see any real movement there.
0: Mm, Well, you know, it's this question of, you know, is it a ship? Does it Mm. look like one of the, like, lakers that we see Not like the
1: new Essentia Building.
0: Oh, my goodness.
1: It looks like a ship when you look at it from the right angle up on the hill there.
0: Uh, Does it? Oh, yeah. Are you sure? Go look. I'll trust you. Hear me out
1: on this. Not a real long ship. It's not a thousand footer. It's more like a 500 footer.
0: Oh, only like a 500 footer. Yeah. Those don't, little, never, don't little, even exist, really. Well, um, it,
1: it would look like the essential building. No, oh, of course.
0: If course, they did. Of course. So, yeah, the new building, it's you know, people look at it and it quite it is architecturally quite interesting. It was very different at the time it opened in 1981. Yeah. Yeah. It and was, um, I there, was I but rem- 2 years old.
1: Yeah, I I remember there was a lot of uh, Discussion and people, oh, it's an awful looking place. And well, it was just something that had to be. I don't see it architecturally, I don't see it as being a monument to poor taste or anything like that. It's a, a, a very suitable, non offensive building at the very minimum and uh, seems to serve the community pretty well.
0: Well, it was a price tag of about five million dollars at the time, and mm-hmm. um, it was a lot of conversation going into it. It was not. Um, particularly easy to get it built. There were some union strikes that happened at the time that kind of slowed uh-huh. things down. And then, if you look at the library, it is uh, this gray metal building.
1: Yes, yeah, steel and glass, right there. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So, so the exterior are those metal panels, which which were designed specifically to last the life of the building. So um, not messing around. When
1: the panels give out the building's life has ended, though, it's kind of a, which way do you look at it, It is
0: a truth. That is a true story. Yes, exactly so. Uh, I personally,
1: me, I have a lifetime guarantee. Well... When I'm dead, uh, my life is over, it's so done. the warranty and guarantee is a void.
0: Exactly so. So your logic uh, works really well, <laughs> well here, I think. Um, but it still stands, obviously, and, yeah. um, you know, it's almost, well, it's 41 it's years old. It's a
1: little older, a little, little younger than you.
0: Exactly right. So... Um, yeah, and there was so there were some problems, supply chain issues, interestingly, um, getting all of those metal panels Yeah, there's uh, into nothing Duluth. new
1: in this library.
0: Really. Right. Everything old is new again. Yeah. So then then we had ourselves a new library which has uh, a capacity of three hundred thousand Volumes and has undergone a great many changes since um, we used to go there when I was younger. And this is, you know, we talk about this stuff, Gary, and I think one of the things that happens is we talk a lot about your childhood, but one of the things that I remember really fondly from my childhood that sort of inspired me to want to talk about this was very fond memories that I had When I was quite young, going with you and my brother to various places downtown, we'd come down, we'd go downtown, and we would go to the Global Village, which was right down there on Superior Street. The old
1: Oryx building, Mm -hmm,
0: yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I love, oh boy, (laughs) I love Global Village. And Global Village just recently, I would say in the last three, four years, has moved now into Canal Park. So if you are bridged, for a long time, you could actually, and you're on the Canal Park side of the bridge. You could hop out and run into you're the Global <laughs> Village real quick. And I have <laughs> You've, to tell you,
1: you got five or ten minutes. Cool. Yeah,
0: it's a cute. It's a cute. It's a real if they nice. We still place. have
1: that sweet smell of the incense
0: they sure do you know what that incense is is nag champa is what it is really the smell of it yep and it sure does smell like that just go
1: in there and inhale a few times just for old times sake
0: oh my gosh i tell you what there (sighs) is that definite smell memory that comes (laughs) with the global village but going to the global village and we would go to collector's connection which is right there on the corner
1: your brother needed uh, some games or game information Sure, absolutely, sure.
0: absolutely. We'd have to eat something. Oh, yeah. So once again, we'd have to bring up the old Coney Island in First Street. It's Coney Island?
1: Oh, sure. I, Spe- speaking of a smell memory, there's, <laughs> there's a whole exactly. other one.
0: A visual memory, too. Yeah. As we said, it still looks the same. A
1: olfactory tour. Right?
0: Exactly so. And then we would go to the library. Yeah. And the library was terrific. It, it's and it still is this way. There's been a lot that has changed in the library. A great deal that's changed. And well, I just, actually worked at the library, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, twenty or so years ago, and even in that time, it has changed drastically. But really? one thing remains the same, and that is that children's section that's back there on the first Have you floor. taken
1: your kids there?
0: Always. Almost uh, not weekly, but definitely regularly. regularly. Anyway. Yep, we head on over. It was a
1: wonderful thing for you guys. There were so many swell things to play with for you guys, I remember, and other kids to just play with. Mm-hmm. Nothing structured. It was no big deal. You just went to the library and played a little bit. It was It was good for all of us. I would imagine the library, or at least I would hope, I haven't been there for a long time, but I would hope that they have kept up with technology and, um, you know, have have changed once again from microfiche uh, and video, uh, VCR-type VHS tapes, kind of gotten rid of those and stepped it up a little bit. but. uh, Still good, huh?
0: Yeah, you know it's one of those places where you, again, like the Coney Island, where you go and it's like if you went there when you're a kid, you go there now and it's like, yep, that that foundation of a good, wholesome. <laughs> you know, re- ma- the materials are there. Yes, things have changed. Yes, there are computers. Yes, there are books that will actually read to you in the book. Like there's like little recorder in a book that you oh, press. Pl- really? Like- yes. It is so cool. Oh, man. And there are very few books now on the first floor. The fiction, really? Yep. Fiction and nonfiction are both upstairs now, um, and there's a there's a, computers for use upstairs as well. So it's it's a different looking place. It'd be wow. worth it'd be worth going to and checking out. You'll they, have to
1: take me with some Yeah, yeah. I but can I re- go play too.
0: Absolutely. Like I, I remember when I worked there, you go upstairs and. Um, just nonfiction was up there. And this was true yeah. when I was a kid, too. But this yep. was back in the day when we were a little bit less scared of Stranger Danger. Um, you would go upstairs while we were playing. We are hanging out downstairs, and that was fine at the time. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't do that with my kids nowadays. Probably not. But at the time, it was fine. And I'd come upstairs, and that was the place where you knew. I knew I had to be very quiet.
1: Well, yes, there, there's something to that. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly so. But back back in the day... Um, Uh, they would have just rows and rows and rows and rows of shelves with all of these historical, old-timey, Here's the Duluth records of whatever's going the, on. Do like, they
1: still have that? Do you think?
0: Well, oh, I not. would imagine. They no? Nope.
1: Or did it, they, I suppose we've scanned it all and it's all available online? I
0: or? would assume so. Yeah, but all those volumes, those shelves yeah. and shelves of all, those reference books, those yeah. old books, not there anymore. So I'm not okay. exactly sure where they are. But
1: eh, we'll have to report on that. I think.
0: I <laughs> think so. I can say for sure that every all the information I found about the library and the history of the library came from the library. And <laughs> I went to the library, my friends, and well, I asked. That's, that's a good place to look. Yep, I need some information about the library. And they went to a special drawer, and they pulled out a giant folder, and they said, what years are you looking for? And I said, well, I mean, kind of like as late back as you go, as far back as you'll go up until – yeah." the 90s I guess and they pulled out these folders and it was all the newspaper clippings and all really? of the, yeah it was cool wow. it was very cool but um, you know the library why the library why was it important for you to bring us there
1: uh it was um i, ha- I have to think about it for a second it was it was exactly what you said it was clean wholesome safe warm, dry entertainment for you guys. You guys loved it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, where else are you going to go, especially in the winter, with your kids for an experience that even comes close to going to the library? There's nothing. Uh, We didn't have a McDonald's with a bouncy house or whatever you got going on in that. You know, we didn't have things like that when you were a kid. That was just one of those interesting little corners of this world that... uh, you could just go spend some time
0: with. Yep. I think that's fantastic. And it's, of course, one of those places I have very good feeling. I love a library. I love a library. I love the smell of the books. I love the people who are there. (laughs) It's so great. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I flip through the books, and I just now, as an adult, and I see books that I loved as a kid, and I just, it's just, you get those warm, fuzzy feelings. Oh, yeah. It's so terrific.
1: I um. I I do not. I'm not a reader.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, however, technical information, um, I always will go to a book. And even if we're out on vacation or something, we're just kicking around. If there's a bookstore, I'm going to go look. And, and usually if I bring home a souvenir, it'll be a book on something mm-hmm. because I just feel good about books. Yeah. You know, I like computers. I like my iPad. I like my phone. There's something about that book, the feel of the pages, the thumb-through-it ability that you just don't get with any media other than a book. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the library has been a constant source of, uh, oh, if I have trouble with a car. They've got all the reference material you need, and you can just go down there and get that reference material in print form and thumb through it and scratch your head and resolve your problem, and it just it's better than being online. Yeah. You know? Yep. Uh, yes, the library is, is still a go-to place, not for me to go get a book to read, but an information place mm-hmm. uh, to this day.
0: Yep, library is a fabulous service. Oh, my gosh, wait. I hear, yep, the bridge is starting to, yep, it's starting to come down, but I have a uh, question. I have, an, I have an Ask a Duluthian question. Oh, and it's yes. a. Holy, oh it's been a while since we've mm. done one of these, and it's a real fast one. I'll gale. talk as
1: fast as I can.
0: All right, dear Garen Kelly. What are the gales of November? <laughs> Ooh. Gales. The gales of November. I have a cousin gale. I was gonna say they're the the people the um women usually who are yeah, yeah. around. No no, 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 no. It's a parade. No it's not. The winds,
1: the winds. It it can be extremely windy this time of year. It was the gales November that brought down the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald. It was a terrible storm yep. in November. Indeed. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, yep. I remember it well.
0: Mm-hmm. And accompanied by the Arthur M. Anderson, which is another boat that you can still see. A oh. twin. Yes, they a were twin,
1: twin, twin. ships. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, we were living in the West End at the time, and I remember it was blowing, and it was snowing sideways, for God's sake. It was wow. a god-awful thing. Um, well, bridges coming down. I do need to tell you, That the Getting Bridged podcast is researched and written by Kelly Halston Erickson, remembered and recorded by Jerry Halston at the compound on Park Point and produced by Jerry Halston and Kelly Halston Erickson, so we have no one to blame but ourselves. Sources are compiled at rss.com slash podcasts slash getting bridged, and you can ask questions and comment on our episodes on Instagram at getting bridged. Joining our Facebook Book group by searching Getting Bridged Podcast and by emailing us at gettingbridgedgmail.com. At Special thanks to Mary and Dan, you know who you are, and to the many people in our lives for whom reminiscing is a varsity sport.